They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. They're coming to get you. Welcome to the Coming to Get You. My name is Brent Trahune. And I'm Gavin Eddings. And tonight, today, whatever time of the day you're listening to, prepare. Because this is one of our most requested episodes ever since we started this podcast back in 1997. Mm-hmm. People have been saying, when you got to do the descent, when you got to do the descent, the descent doesn't come out for eight more years because it's 1997. <laughs> when you got to talk about the descent. <laughs> and I am finally happy to say that tonight, Today, we are going to talk about Ernest Scared Stupid. No, we're going to talk about The Descent. <laughs> know what I mean, Vern? <laughs> no, we're talking about this, The Descent, and Gavin, it doesn't matter if it's tonight or today because we're in a cave. It's yes. dark. It's we, always We've actually dark. turned the lights off and we're podcasting in the dark. And now we're dancing real slow as well. It's, uh, it's mm-hmm. prom night, the theme is cave, and we're going to have a good time. What a shitty prom night theme that would be is <laughs> cave. Cave. It's like a night under the stars, underwater <laughs> enchantment, cave. Yeah, yeah uh, Marty McFly's parents didn't kiss at the cave dance. <laughs> They're like, Marty, you got to get your parents to kiss. Buy the stalagmites. <laughs> Are those stalactites? Which one come from the ceiling, Marty? <laughs> or the Smeagles will get them. <laughs> the Smeagles? The Smeagles. Uh, I think I had the... I think I had the Smeagles in high school, actually. Uh, isn't that when you when you get it from kissing a girl? You, yeah, you it's when Smeagles? you don't wrap up and you got the Smeagles, so you <laughs> yeah. got to go see the nurse and put the thing on for two weeks. And she's like, ah, oh, yes, I see your precious has the Smeagles. Very good, very good. <laughs> My precious. <laughs> oh, yeah. Off the rails already. So <laughs> as we normally start off these episodes, what was your first experience with the British horror film, The Descent. Yeah, well, as you said, this was uh, requested by many, many of folk. So I don't know who uh, requested it most recently, but this is for you, dear listeners. The it's Descent. for you. If you think it's for you, it is. You specifically sitting there in your car, it is for you. And also, uh, this is streaming, as far as I know, Gavin... Nowhere. Yeah. I had to bust out the old physical media. I had to bust out my 2006 unrated uh, DVD. I bought I bought it for $5 on Vudu. So again, like I said for, I think, one of the other previous ones, if you have my Vudu password, <laughs> it's on Vudu. Now I have to ask before we get into how we watched the movie for the first time, did you watch the theatrical version or the unrated version? I don't know. So... <laughs> Well, we'll Uh, when we talk about the endings, there's a very distinct difference between the endings for the unrated version mm -hmm. and the uh, theatrical version for American audiences. Yeah, I I I read about the the one ending, so I'm assuming I watched the theatrical cut. Okay. Oh, so we watched different versions. Oh, look at us Mm -hmm. giving a little bit of different insight into versions. I didn't look through it at all, so I'll be like, mine was better. Uh Mine was the actual all male cast. Was yours all guys? <laughs> no, mine was. Uh, mine had some broads in it. Uh, the broads had some. Well, uh, actually, they're birds. They're all English, so we call them birds. Hello, bird. <laughs> hello, Gavin. The chimney sweeps down you to me the sweep caves. The 
Yeah, I'm sure our uh, friends over the pond <laughs> really like, love our impressions. We do have quite a few UK listeners. I checked the analytics, and they're probably like, God damn it, we don't talk like this. And <laughs> we don't, don't talk like that. We don't. <laughs> that Prince Charles, that King Charles, it sure looks good. He's the King of the Ring winner for 2023. Buy my marmalade sandwich, I don't. <laughs> We're so sorry, British fans. Please sorry. keep listening. We'll do more British, I promise. Please. And we'll and they're stop. Like, <laughs> these two guys are on the podcast. They're like, hey, you want to talk about the descent? <laughs> I hope they do like the most hick Midwest accent. <laughs> Yeehaw, we got to talk about descent today. We don't even got our shoes on. Well, there's a moment in the movie before it kicks off. They get to Before they get to the cabin, one of the girls looks at the other one, I think Sarah, uh, and she's like, oh, we could just stay in town and go to a dance. And I was like, these, I don't appreciate that at all. That's probably how we sound, but uh, <laughs> it's it birds. But yeah, uh, I saw this movie a while ago, just based on, I think, uh, you know, you and I talked about, there was a list that comes out every year of the scariest movies based on heart rate. Mm-hmm. This was probably one of the few that I hadn't seen on the list. And I got to say my first viewing, I did a lot of looking at my phone and that's not because this movie is bad or boring. It just I put it on and I was I was on my phone and this is not a movie you could really be on. You got to pay attention because half of it is in the dark in the first place. So, I would consider this viewing which was just a few hours ago like a a fur like a a, a first viewing cuz I saw I knew how it went the first time, but I wasn't really paying attention. This one I was focused. Okay, so you feel like you really watched it for the first time for this podcast? Pretty much. I Like I said, I'd seen it. It was on, and I kind of knew where it was going and how it ended, but I wasn't really paying attention. It was on in the background. Okay. I watched this movie back when it came out. I didn't see it in theaters, but I did pick up the DVD when uh, when, when it came out. I, for some reason, I remember... I. I distinctly remember going to a Circuit City and buying the DVD. I do not know why. That's a very, like a sentence where you bought the DVD at Circuit (laughs) City. In, I believe, 2007 is when it came out. Because it came out in the UK in 2005 and then finally hit the United States in 2006. Mm -hmm. And yes, I bought the DVD from the Circuit City. Just and you that I've never sounded older saying a sentence like yeah. growing up as a kid. If they had said like I bought a I bought an eight track at the at the Sam Goody, I'd be like, man, this guy's old. I went to the KB Toys and I bought the uh, Doom, the red uh, cartridge <laughs> for my Super Nintendo, and I was wearing my Jinko jeans and my. Uh, uh, ball bearing necklace, and then I skateboarded <laughs> home while listening to the Tony Hawk soundtrack. I think you just, I think you just smashed together several eras. I think you just smashed the entire '90s together in, into one sentence. Some of that was hand me downs, but that's how it went. <laughs> the, the KB Toys was a hand me downs. They're like, all right, I guess you're gonna have this franchise. <laughs> Got any Red Doom cartridges in the back? <laughs> but yeah, so uh, th- this movie. Set in, uh, what was it, uh, Tennessee, or at least the, like the Chattanooga Forest or something? Yeah, it's set in uh, near Chattanooga, which I thought, re- I, I this is, I'd watched this for the first time since I watched it, 
after coming home from the Circuit City. This is a, this is the first time. <laughs> also, today's sponsor Circuit City. Uh, they don't care. Uh, but no, we... that they don't. <laughs> but uh, this is the first time watching it since I bought the DVD. You know when you buy a DVD and you're like, I can't wait to watch this, and you watch it once and it sits on your. Uh, shelf mm-hmm. forever. This was my first time sitting down watching it all the way through since then, and I gotta say, this movie scared the shit out of me. Again, yes, mm-hmm. again. I'd forgotten pretty much everything about it. I knew this movie was scary, and I knew I really enjoyed it. Like I really love this movie. I think Neil Marshall is a great director. Uh, we'll, we'll get into some of his accolades in a bit, but. This movie affected me so deeply for no reason other than the fact that I am not an outdoorsy person. I do not like the idea of caves. I mm-hmm. don't like the idea of being trapped somewhere. I just the idea of being underground and there's nothing but rock above, below and beside you that is such a primal fear that made me genuinely uncomfortable to think about throughout the entire film. It's it's claustrophobic, and producer wife uh, was in and out of the room, and she's like, "Would you would you do that?" And first off, I don't think spelunking is for a fat guy anyway, so <laughs> I may be out just based on they'd probably have to take my measurements at the front of the cave and be like. <laughs> Nah, you got to be this wide to ride, and you are this wide. <laughs> You're going to get stuck in a whole Winnie the Pooh style. And then yeah. everyone's going to like push your butt, be like, suck in, Terhune, suck in. Yeah. It'd be like Winnie the Pooh meets Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> uh, but I think I would, I would go spelunking, but I probably wouldn't go to that extent where they have to like crawl through things. I don't crave adrenaline. Like these women do. I don't need to prove to myself that I could go through a cave because stuff like this happens in the movie, either where there's a real life cave in uh, or there's going to be feral human beings down there. <laughs> it's, it's more likely that there's a cave in, but I don't need that. I, I'm happy to stay topside and hike and mountain bike, even whitewater raft, but I don't need to go like. Uh, I, and I don't get claustrophobic either, but it's just I know better. I don't need to tempt my fate. <laughs> you don't need to go that deep into the earth. You you need a very surface level relationship with the earth. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. I like to kick it topside. <laughs> um, have you ever gone caving or like been in a cave before? I went and when I was in Boy Scouts, we went to um, New Mexico, and we went into. I get. I don't know. It would be like an abandoned mine, but it was like one where it's like, "Hey, this is inactive, but we could still go down in there." And you had to bend down. We we crawled into the mine, not crawled, but like had to be bent over at the waist. And we got so far in, and they made us shut our lights off. Mm-hmm. And you had to like grab the belt of the guy in front of you, and then the guy in front of you would be like, "All right, there's a beam right here." So you're telling the next guy. There's a beam coming. So I've done stuff like that, but I've never been like deep cave spelunking. And that beam was the Scoutmaster's penis that was out. It, it was like limbo, pretty much. <laughs> Under the limbo stick, <laughs> my Scoutmaster's. <laughs> no, he was a good I, man. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. He's not dead, but all right, rest in peace. Rest, no, Kick it's it rest in six. power. It's rest in power. power. That's true. <laughs> So yeah, um, yeah, I I never did that. I grew up. 
I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast. I grew up very Mormon, and part of being Mormon was like. So that's what all this is. That's what, that, that's what all this is. If you're wondering what makes me me, it's all that Mormonism. Sometimes it's homeschooled. Sometimes it's being a Mormon. Yeah, and yeah. I was both of those things. Oh, really? I didn't know that about yeah, that. Was, that was, explains a lot. Yeah, I was no. uh, I was homeschooled for high school actually. So okay. I really hate that when people ask you, they're like, where are you from? I'm from Evansville. Oh, what high school you go to? My mom taught me. <laughs> but you still had a bully, though. That was the messed up thing. <laughs> it, it was my sister, who's younger mm-hmm. than me. She's like, ah, give me your lunch money. She, yeah, was you gotta, very, she was very Brooklyn about it. She was she was very much the the, the uh, bullies from Halloween ends. <laughs> with, with their drum line. Yeah. Oh, here they come. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hey, Sports nerd, we're from the band. <laughs> but uh, growing up Mormon, um, one of the big things is like scouting. And they're like, let's mm-hmm. go camp. And I was like, no, thank you. We're going to mm-hmm. go to Morango Cave. I, I am not going. I am not. Um, so is that, Morango that, Cave a real place? It is. Morango Cave is a real place down here in southern Indiana. Mm-hmm. And people go there. Um, I had a cave experience, though. With uh, and I may have told this on the My Bloody Valentine episode because that episode dealt with a lot of like uh, a mine cave in as well. Yeah. But I did uh, stand up at a cave in Missouri called Crystal City, Missouri, and they had like this weird like it wasn't it was like more like inside of a hill kind of cave and you could kind of go underground. And I remember them saying like, "Yeah, you're gonna do comedy in this chamber of the mm-hmm. cave," and it was a weird cave show. It was it was weird. Um, and they're like, "Oh," and then they. After the show, they're like, well, you want to go explore the cave a little bit? I was like, whatever. I'm already at this cave. And they're like, well, here's where they throw raves sometimes. Uh, there's like a rave cave. Cave in the rave. Ca- and the I rave assume, cave. I assume that's where like the Matrix Reloaded party happened in that movie. And uh, the vampire uh, rave from Blade. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but then they took us on this underground river. And they took us out on a, on a pontoon boat. And that's when I felt really uneasy because, like, the water is beautiful and crystal clear. But then they're like, all right, we're going to turn the lights out and you're going to see the darkest dark you've ever seen in your entire life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, holy, this was the most dark I've ever experienced. Like, ever. And then just the realization, like, oh, if something happens right now, if there is an earthquake or a large truck goes by, we're going to be trapped down here forever. And this is how we die. It's not like the fear of dark, of the dark, like I could be outside in the dark. It's just that it's so dark, now I'm wandering around in the dark. I'm not scared of the dark, I'm scared of not knowing where to go. Yeah, and I remember, like, we did one, like, like kind of an exercise one time where they're like, we're going to blindfold you, and somebody else has to guide you, and just going through a familiar place blindfolded, and then opening your eyes and seeing, like, where you actually are, and you're nowhere near where you thought... It's mm-hmm. very disorienting. So anything involving this cave or subhuman creatures, like, take the creatures out of it. Just put me in a dark cave, and it is my personal horror movie. I will say, when you were saying you did comedy in a cave, I did perform at the Comedy Cave in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, <laughs> which is a club up there. So I technically, I've done comedy in a cave, but it was more like a bar. <laughs> it was but, just a, you're like the cave had a beautiful strip mall next to it. It was very yeah, beautiful. Downtown uh, Calgary with Brett Brett Hart was there. <laughs> the Put best the there is, shooter. the best there was, the best there ever will be. 
But uh, we, we kicked this movie off by uh, whitewater rafting with, and by the way, we talked before, there are six women in this movie, one guy, pretty much one guy character, and then there's some people in the hospital that aren't really characters, but there's a lot of women in this movie, and it's hard to keep track of all of them, because uh, the director did try to uh, give them different accents, uh, and I could tell, like, oh, that's different. But I, I don't have that ear. I know it's all English, but to me, it's all UK. You know, to me, it's it's just like a five white women and their Asian friend. Uh, five yeah. very similar looking Asian women. There's, I believe, like three blondes, two ones with dark hair. One uh, was Sporty Spice. One was one one was literally Sporty Spice. Uh, <laughs> This is a very Spice Girls group of women, but Spice Girls who are, like, empowered. And I'm like, come on. You you can have, like, one black woman in this so I can be yeah. like, oh, well, I know that one. <laughs> I know that one. Well, and this is like, I don't, I don't know that I have, like, two of these friends who are like, let's go hiking. Let's go climbing. Like, I have, like, I do outdoorsy things. But I don't have, like, the gung-ho, let's go do things, friends. I have, I have trouble scheduling D&D every week, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I There's no way I could get six people from different parts of the world to go take a trip to a different country to go in a cave in the woods. It's hard enough for us to record this podcast <laughs> in two different locations of the same yes. state on the <laughs> yes. internet. We're only three hours away from each other, and we're only one hour difference as far as like time zone. And even tonight, you're like, my throat kind of hurts. I was like, well, do you want to record another night? You're like, no, this is the only time it has to <laughs> be now. These people need the descent. <laughs> they do. Um, and also, we, we, we discussed off mic as well, like, sometimes we kind of get caught up in, like, going scene by scene by this movie. We're not going to really do that this time. We'll, we'll hit the big beats like we normally do. But a lot of it is, like, the women are in the cave, and they go down another cave hole, and then mm-hmm. some more cave stuff happens. This is, yeah, it's a very dark movie and in, in tone, but also literally just in the dark. Yeah, and I watched, like I said, on a DVD, and it, it's fine. I know that DVD quality isn't that bad, but, I mean, it's DVD, and when, you, when you're when you used to watching Blu-ray, it may as well be a VHS. So mm-hmm. the, the colors aren't as vibrant or poppy. It's got a little bit of grain to it. And because you're used to watching it on not a 4K TV, you're used to watching it on, like, your CRTs, flat screens, or LCDs. So watching it... On DVD, it made it more gritty, but also like I can't, I can't see shit in this. I, <laughs> I can't see anything that's happening. Uh, and we kick off our movie with uh, Sarah's going to be our main character. She's uh, whitewater rafting with Juno, and then one of the other women. And I'm not trying to sound shitty by being like one of the other women. I'm just saying it's hard to tell who's who in this movie. Because they don't say their names enough, and they all look very similar. So we will say the women's names right now. Uh, they are Sarah, Juno, Beth, Rebecca, Sam, and Holly. Mm-hmm. Do not ask me what order they die in. <laughs> who dies first? We're going to say that one and this one, and yeah. that's where we're, and that's how it's got to be. I, we, are, we are so sorry. We, we're not trying to be disrespectful, but there's a lot of accents and women. And in the dark. But uh, we get whitewater rafting, and then on the way home, it's I think her husband's Paul and her daughter. Yes. They're driving. I get. I had a lot of anxiety at the beginning of this movie because I know how it's. There's he's going to die, and the daughter's going to die, but I forgot how. 
and they end up getting final destination uh by some pipes yeah. through the front of the car um and then that that's how the movie kicks off it starts with that that heavy grief yeah i did not see i forgot everything about this except for like the scene of the crawler in the camcorder footage, mm-hmm. like that's all I remember from this movie. I remember liking it, did not remember scenes or anything like that. So I forgot about, oh, man gets skewered through the head with some poles, daughter also killed with some poles. Um, there's also, uh, b- before that happens, he's very distracted while driving. We'll find out why later. And she's like, are you okay? He's like, oh, just, uh, just whatever. Just, uh. I'm and you fine. See- I hate seeing car accidents where you see the car coming towards the characters and they don't see it because you know it's coming and they don't. Um, the The movie Megan did that recently as well mm-hmm. uh, with, with a car accident to start that. Sorry if, if I just spoiled Megan for people. Uh, uh, turn it off. Turn it. <laughs> this is enough. <laughs> but just seeing any car accidents coming up, it, it, it freaks me out. But yeah, you got the death of the of the daughter and the father, and we've and we've talked before about hot movie openings. Is this a memorable and hot movie opening? Um, maybe not because I it's not fun. It's not like it's not like an uplifting fun. We just covered another movie recently, and I now I don't remember what it was, but it's like, oh, it was Midsummer. Yes, that that's like a it has the same effect where. It it's a really it, Midsummer's better as far as the opening, but it's a really effective opening. But I don't want to watch that again because it doesn't make me feel good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's not not like a fun one that like we discussed back then. Like it's not a fun one you can put on and you're like, well, let's put on Saving Private Ryan instead because that's somehow less heavy. It it is kind of though where it's yeah. like so much going on in Saving Private Ryan. And I forgot just how really bleak and kind of depressing the descent is mm-hmm. because it opens so heavy. You have the loss of a child, you have the loss of a husband, and then you have that scene in the hospital where Sarah wakes up and realizes like everybody is dead. And I I wasn't laughing at the scene, but there you have Sarah crying in the the hallway of the hospital being consulted by insert one of the women here. Uh, mm-hmm. And just people are just walking by while, while people are crying. They're like, Oh, just another day at the office. Business as usual <laughs> business. <laughs> and we do get that shot when she's running in the hallway and we get that. Uh, it's the same that they used in jaws, Steven Spielberg, where you get the zoom in, but he's pulling the camera out. Oh uh, yes. That- the vertigo shot. There, see, there it is. Where it's, it symbolizes like a almost madness, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but then fast forward to a year later, uh, the girls are back on their bullshit. <laughs> Bitches, we going out this weekend. We going to a different country. We're going to put on our hottest caving gear and we going to get our cave on. Will there be dudes there? We don't know. I think that would have been a more scary movie if they got to the cave and it's just like a bunch of dudes in button up wearing Axe body spray. Like, we heard there were going to be women here and like, oh, this is a far worse movie. This, uh, that would almost turn into uh, Deliverance. Sup, <laughs> can I buy you a drink in the cave? Yeah, I know a guy. I know the, I know the bouncer. He'll let us Cave in. rave. 
Cave Also, do you, are you familiar with the concept of the the Bechdel test? Do you know what that is, Gavin? I I am dating. My girlfriend is a professor of feminist studies. I'm very familiar with the Bechdel test. Now, every movie that you guys watch, does she lean over to you and say, "This does not pass the Bechdel test"? She does sometimes, and sometimes, if I want to get her in the mood, I go, "Hey, babe, hmm. this isn't passing the Bechdel test." <laughs> or or you're like, you see those women over there? How about we try and pass the Bechdel test? <laughs> and she's like, stop barking up that tree, Gavin. Be like, hey, me and my girls saw something from across the bar. We really like your vibe. You want to take the Bechdel test? <laughs> well, for those unaware, because I, I, I kind of know what it is, but here's what it is. I gave it a quick Google. You have the same Google, too. You can look it up, too, dear listener. Uh <laughs> A way of evaluating. Actually, actually use Bing. I find Bing to be more. (laughs) I I asked Jeeves, to be honest. Uh, (laughs) A way of evaluating whether or not a film or another work of fiction portrays women in a way that is sexist or characterized by gender stereotyping. To pass the Bechtel test, a work must feature at least two women. These women must talk to each other, and their conversation must concern something other than a man. Yes. This passes the Bechtel test pretty much the whole time because the only man they talking about is a, a, a man cave. I don't know. I, cave I don't know man. <laughs> that, that one got away from me. But yeah, they mostly just talk about like the cave and their relationships. And what I do feel comes through with these characters is that they do feel like genuine friends. They do mm-hmm. feel like they would hang out together and uh, hang out and go and go like to a bar and go caving together. You can tell they are real friends. Now, the the one I guess was it was it Sporty Spice who's like the cave got their guide, but also like one of the girlfriends of the girls, right? I can't tell. Now, when you say girlfriends, do you mean like, what up, girlfriend? Or do you mean like, girlfriends? Okay, you are making the scissor motion with your hand. <laughs> I need to describe that you are making the act of scissoring. Okay. I'm not, I'm not doing that at all. <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm trying to ruin you. Yes. Romantically I, involved. I, I couldn't tell. One of my questions that I, that I wrote in my uh, thing were just, lesbians? question yeah. mark just like hmm? i wrote nice <laughs> no i uh, that's the vibe i got because i think they they woke up in the same cabin or whatever um but we have that relationship and it's like you said they feel like friends because some of them will be like essentially they'll tell the other one why don't you cut the shit <laughs> <laughs> cut the shit yes yeah and they seem like friends. I will say the mo uh, they're 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 in a cabin the night up before discussing about going to this cave, and you can kind of tell that they are. Some of them are more excited about the cave. Sporty Spice, as you said, her name's Holly. She's like the real. She's like I'm always caving, eh? Mm-hmm. Eh? Let's go in the deepest cave. Uh- <laughs> uh, what what part of the UK is that? <laughs> <laughs> that is the leaving the pub at 3 a.m. part. Okay. All right, let's go. And uh, she... <laughs> what's your favorite football club? <laughs> I like the Evertons. I'm an Evertonian. That's a shout-out to my friend Clay, who is like the biggest Everton fan. He got into soccer a few years ago, and it's like his whole life. He's never been, He's been to England a few times. He's not from there. But Everton, <laughs> Everton's my team. Uh, 
Well, if whatever like UK listeners we had, they're like that these fucking assholes. Suck. <laughs> well, I hope they're really mad because they're like, ah, fuck this guy. I'm a Liverpool fan. Just, yeah, that's not my club. That no, they're fucking rivals. I don't know. We're so sorry. Why are we? I'm being sorry. Such, why are we being so? We also make fun of Canadians too. We're like, all we know about Canada is fucking Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> That's as far as I know. That's all you there is the, up there. Is you Brett know Hart the Prime and... Minister of Canada, Brett the Hitman Hart, <laughs> and your health care. Uh, but yeah, Holly's like very gung ho. She's like, "Oh, we're gonna go to this cave. That's like a baby cave. That's mm-hmm. like a tourist attraction." And I was like, "Oh, well, Sarah's lost her family. She 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 needs something like kind of ease back into it." Mm-hmm. And you have that scene. One of the most <laughs> British things in this movie, though, is they do rock paper scissors but they call it paper, scissors, stone. And I was like, turn this shit off. No. Yeah. It's the wrong order. You're not saying the right word for rock. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. Paper, scissors, stone. Not in my America. Uh, It is also weird because I, most things now I had the closed captioning on. uh, And sometimes it's just because I chew so loud that I need the words on the screen. (laughs) But what also, are you, are so, you eating a bag of chips every night? But with you sound like with, Hitler and Inglorious Bastards when you chew. <laughs> nine, but, nine, nine, nine. Even, uh, but even sometimes when it's uh, like if you watch like a show like Swamp People, Louisiana, that accent, I'm like, I got no. I speak the same language as these dudes, <laughs> and I got no idea. That's how I feel with some of those. Those UK accents where I, they're like, it's it's so thick that I need to l- l- like read the words. I did that move with the movie Snatch. Okay. Where, and I was like, man, we speak the same language and I don't know what you're saying at all. <laughs> but it wasn't as bad with this movie, but there's so many different uh, people speaking. So I did have to do the, the captions uh, on this. So the funny thing is I usually don't watch subtitles on it. Stephanie mm-hmm. always likes the subtitles on. The one time, the one time I, I go, hey, can we turn the closed captions on? I turn them on and she's like, oh, these are kind of distracting. I was like, what do you mean they're distracting? The one time she's like, you, you, you can understand them. I'm like, no, I cannot. Welcome I to can- my world. Yeah. I know. I was like, what do, you, what do you mean? I guess because the DVD subtitles were so much bigger than the normal like Amazon or Hulu or Netflix mm-hmm. subtitles that they were just overwhelming the screen. So I had to just really perk up and try to listen as they said the most basic words that I, as a simple Midwest boy, could not understand. Put down the Cheetos and listen, Gavin. <laughs> I turned down the radio in my car so I could truly focus in on this movie. <laughs> And put down the rock candy. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the pop rocks, just constantly. Yeah. Couldn't have my fun dip anymore. It was a bad time. I can't hear over my mouth candy. <laughs> I had to make sure my jaw stopped popping when I spoke. It was a <laughs> terrible time. But they, they, so, I, and I think you said the girl's name, but it was my understanding that Juno wants to go to like, uh, she's kind of the the heel in this movie, the rival, I guess. Besides the actual cave people, <laughs> besides the cave and the earth itself. Yeah, Juno is the. She wanted to go to this new cave, this new set of caves or whatever, and go through it, and then maybe they could name it after Sarah. But I, I get the vibe that Juno is all about Juno. 
Yeah. She wants to so they they get to the cave and they and they start going through and like this is beautiful. This is the best thing we've ever seen. It's so nice. They think they're at the tourist cave or whatever. They're not. And Juno actually leaves the guide in the car, which is foreshadowing of how bad things will get. Mm-hmm. Um, they get through the cave. They're going through it. And then a cave-in happens. It's very scary. They, they lose part of their rope. They're, they're trapped in this cave three or four miles underground. It's super scary, super terrifying. And then it's revealed that uh, she left the map in the car. The map wouldn't help anyway. Uh, they say, well, somebody will come looking for us. Someone will come looking for us because uh, we let the park rangers know we're going to be out here. And they said, well, we told them they were going to be at this cave. We're actually at this cave that's mm-hmm. never been discovered before. And that's when they realize nobody's coming to help them. They don't have cell phones. Then T-Mobile does not have towers in this cave. They no. can't call anybody. And that's when the real dread and fear sets in for me as a viewer, because things are getting darker. Things are getting like as far as like you can't see as far and just the helplessness of we are one of the most advanced civilizations in the world. And yet we we can still get trapped in a cave and be completely helpless. Yeah. And it's the thing that freaked me out is like they weren't up uh, in front of the cave and uh, like I'm sure they had cell phones back then, but nobody like that. If I was going into a cave with friends, I'd be like, let's all pull our phones out and (laughs) and send our locations to at least one person and say, we'll be back at this time (laughs) just to cover the bases. Just like if you're, if you're a woman going on a Tinder date for the first time, Mm -hmm. be like, this is what he looks like. This is the restaurant we'll be at. This is the cave we'll be spelunking in. Yeah. Come find us. If, If I don't message you back, come find me. Mm-hmm. That's exactly like they told the park ranger, but I'm like, let's just cover our bases and tell about eight people. So <laughs> I'm telling the man at the general store, like, we go into this cave. Uh, I'm causing a scene. <laughs> uh, some, they're going to be like, oh, I remember her. She was in here. She showed me the left nip. <laughs> You're not going to uh, forget old lefty. She was the talk of this waffle house for several hours. <laughs> But the, the, they get in in the cave. Uh, Sarah starts to panic because she's stuck. And throughout the whole movie, she's kind of getting flashbacks to the accident. She's getting, I guess, flashbacks of the birthday cake and her daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she starts to panic and they realize her the part that she's stuck in is going to cave in. Yeah. And they had to leave the rope bag behind. So now they're limited on supplies. And they have to now. They have no cha- no choice but to keep going forward. Yes, uh, one thing that is a a little bit of a moment of levity for me, though, that kind of the I think the creature effects, which we'll get to, look absolutely amazing. I think it's a very terrifying design of like subhuman dwellers beneath mm-hmm. the beneath the earth. Um, but we got to talk real fast about uh, this note I wrote called "Them CGI Ass Bats." Those bats, when they flew out of there and they look like the most basic baby's first Adobe After Effects bats, I was like, okay, maybe well, maybe just don't have the bats then. If they're going to look, maybe just leave the bats out. Well, every CGI is only going to get worse. There's only a few movies where I'm like, that's that's kind of held up. And this came out in 2005, so... 
we weren't at the peak of our powers at CGI wise, you know. Now, to be to be fair, the movie Batman begin the movie Batman Begins also came out in two thousand five, and those bats look better. But I guess you would have to make it look better because it is a more big budget movie, and the man is called Batman. I'm just saying there were yeah. other CGI bats for hire. There were other <laughs> CGI bats they could have <laughs> hired. Well, that this movie was like three point seven million dollars, but it made like fifty seven million dollars. Oh, we call that in the business profitable. Profit, but it's like this was, as far as movies are concerned, a low budget movie. And it is. Besides the bats, you really, it's like I wouldn't, most low budget stuff you can watch and be like, yeah, yeah. this is low budget. But I wouldn't call this, I would just say this, the bats look shitty, you know? Yeah. yeah. Look, they not... look guano y. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a bat pooped, and that's where we got the COVID. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. And then a guy ate it. I'm just saying, pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm not trying to take away. I'm just saying I'm being. Well, it nitpicky. sounds like you're trying to take away. I, uh, you know what I am. I'll tell. <laughs> I, I, I'm being nitpicky. I was like, if, if if you everything else in the movie looks so good, just just cut the bats out of it if, if they don't look so good. But may, cut but again, the bat shit. Cut the bat shit out of here. <laughs> but yeah, just being trapped in the cave and having the cave in, and then even without being tra- having the cave in, the idea of being stuck in one of those like canals. One of those mm-hmm. tunnels, just, a crawl space essentially. Oh, oh, don't like. I don't like. Have you ever had to get under the in like the crawl space of your house? Oh yeah, I don't like yep. it. Mm-mm. Spiders and you don't know what's down there, and it just. I'm not scared of spiders, but I don't like the webs on me, and I don't <laughs> like knowing what's down there. It doesn't. It, it's not. It doesn't feel good to be down in the dark, cold, damp. You know. If you're in a crawl space, even if it's your own home that you've been in forever, you're like, am I going to find bones? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's a, it's my thought is I need to make more money so I'm not the guy crawling around down here. <laughs> I need to pay somebody who's expert uh, to do that. I knew a guy who uh, went out. This is a, a, another church story. We did acts of service, and there was this one lady who always needed acts of service, but it was always just she needed free shit done to her house. Yeah. So she's like, I need you to come crawl in my crawl space and help insulate. And we're like, well, what would Jesus do? He'd, he'd be down here in this crawl space. Yeah. I got a dead cat down there that's stinking up the place. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll come be in your crawl space. We brought the insulation. But yeah, I don't like being in crawl spaces, tight spaces. So even if the cave hadn't collapsed and I'm just stuck in a in a tunnel, be like, Mm-mm, cut me in half, no, and move me, because the the first fear of this movie is the claustrophobia of being in a cave, being in a tight space, no lights, and then we get on top, we get all the little smeagles running around. Yeah, so you have that great scene, which is also like the upper body strength on these women is incredible for them to like one hand across a chasm in the cave. Oh, yeah. While they're like, because they got to like run rope. I was watching this and after that cave in, I I would just be like, well, guess I'm dying down here. <laughs> That's how this movie goes. Which one of y'all am I going to eat first so I can live mm-hmm. a little bit longer? And there'd be moments where I couldn't fit, but I'm like, I guess I'll be able to fit in about a week if I have enough water. I'll be able to fit through that in a week. Once I get through my juice cleanse, I'm going to drop this weight. Yeah, and, and they had to. There's that the tense moment where they have to cross the big chasm, and the one lady has to <clears throat> put the things in the ceiling to have the the rope just to, so mm-hmm. they're secure. And 
uh, I mean, she's like one handing it, and I'm like, God, I don't, I've never had that upper body strength. Yeah, I dreaded pull up day and PE class. Can you do? I know you've been working out lately. Can you do a pull up? Probably not. Uh, the it's rest hard. of my body is too much. <laughs> it's hard. I, I I go to the gym too, and there was a time when I could kind of do one, like a little bit assisted. But now I'm just like, I gotta do like the assisted ones where you put the weight on like the little elevator at the yeah. gym. Like, wee! Mm-hmm. I'm working out. Look at me, Daddy. I'm working. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Do I'm it. working out, and they're like, "Sure you are, son. <laughs> sure you, sure are. you are. I'm a workout." <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that that scene where they cross the the chasm and they notice like one of the the anchors or whatever, and the, and the thing is like that these these haven't been used in a hundred years. Yeah, it's like it's a cast iron. Looks mm-hmm. like cast iron, but you know what? That cast iron, it's got all the flavors still in you it. You don't have to wash it. <laughs> <laughs> you said the season of the carabiner, and <laughs> and then. Yeah, I would have just died there. Even after they'd already run the rope, I'd be like, I can't cross this. I'm, I'm too scared. I, I can't yeah. do it. Because it's not like a zip line. I mean, it was kind of. But then they're like, well, now we have to like go. So then Juno has to go back and like grab the stuff the and supplies, like get it down. Yeah. So she's like one hand and cliffhanger to cross. <clears throat> and then the cast iron that has those, ooh, that bacon grease, that real good flavor in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it falls out. And she like slams into rocks. Just no, I I I'm done. I if if I was not done up until then, when I weirdly cartoon swing into rocks, I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm done at that point. And if you weren't done then, you'd be the other guy, the other girl holding the rope that gets the major rope burn on her hands. Oh my god, did that also like <clears throat> make you cringe more than a lot of things in horror? Yeah, because it's that's that's likely to happen. Like yeah. we're all we've all been doing something and had it. It's like when you take like a, an aluminum bat and hit something but it ro- recoils in your hand and you're like oh my hand <laughs> like we've all kind of felt something similar where it slipped out of our hands like that you know yeah and that was a really hard issue for you uh with the aluminum bat because for a while people don't know this you were the clown in slipknot so it's true <laughs> i would uh you know i just off camera here you can't see gavin but i have uh, a bunch of kegs set up i've been having band practice <laughs> i wondered why i kept hearing Corey taylor yelling psychosocial <laughs> just, just off mic i do love that that slipknot that there's not what nine members in that band and one of them is his job is to hit a beer keg with a bat. <laughs> but to be fair, listen, the clown has to hit it in rhythm. Like, you can't be out here going rogue, just hitting it whenever he wants to. But like, yeah, they have like, like half purge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they cross the chasm and then... Um, uh, I don't. I don't remember what happens after that. But well, pretty soon we get. Uh, oh, uh, what's one of them? I assume Sporty Spice falls down a hole, and the oh, other I cringy part. Down, a hole. <laughs> down in a hole. Uh, but she falls, and then it just shows the bone sticking out of her leg, and that was the most cringy thing to me. Yeah, between the rope burn, which is ugh, just the way it, that rope burn was a gusher. In Blair, mm-hmm. and then just that compound fracture when Holly, she's running, she thinks she sees daylight. She's like, "There's, there's daylight up here," and then she just falls down a hole. I don't know what they said the the light actually was because I didn't have the subtitles on, 
but it's like some so kind one of, of them said it wasn't light at yeah, least i don't remember it what was it like was, a, a weird reflection or like a mirage light i don't know mm-hmm. if you're a caver let us know in the comments of this podcast if you spelunk hit yeah. us up <laughs> if you sp- you up spelunk <laughs> but yeah it's just uh she falls and then they have to do that where they have to splint it and like push the bone back in oh, and that's God. just I can watch people get murdered, heads cut off all day, but like if you had to put a bone back in, whenever somebody's like, "Here, bite this," uh, what are we in the Civil War again? Yeah, Stop! It's, it's never, you're never hearing "bite this" as like a good thing. Nothing good has happened to you where you have to say "bite this," even if you're into like, even if you're into like that in like a kink way. Be like, "Bite mm-hmm. this," and you're like, you're still getting whipped by a dominatrix. A man grabbed his crotch at me and he said, bite this. (laughs) And this is where things get very off. This is when things get into the monster, uh, the the monster element. Because uh, you've got these different characters seeing like glimpses of the Schmeagles. In the, mm-hmm. they're actually called um, they're crawlers. called crawlers. Yes, <laughs> IMDb has several crawlers uh, there. <laughs> There's one called Scar. I think he's like the main one. He th- these are very reminiscent. I call I'm calling them Smeagles, like uh, Smeagol from Lord of the Rings, but they look very much like the orcs from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, they it's like Smeagol and the orcs got it on, and they mm-hmm. just dropped their baby in this cave. And they're they're all white. They're very ghostly looking, and just seeing glimpses of them is very creepy. But then you have the big reveal where somebody has Holly's camera, and just just that night vision shot of one standing right behind you, and then you've got the crawlers just ripping and tearing, and they're feral cave dwelling people. They live down there. They can crawl up the walls with ease. They cannot see because their eyes have just like adjusted to the darkness. And they are they are cannibalistic, and they they echolocate because they'll they'll they make uh, those click noises. It's very similar to that noise that the predator makes. Oh yeah, the yeah yeah the, that. So they and that's what uh, bats are blind because they live in caves. There's they found fish in caves that are blind too because it's you're in the dark, so you don't need eyes. You can't use them if you could anyway, you know? And they also found the Super Bowl referees in the caves because they're also <laughs> blind. Am I right, football fans? Am I right, sports fans? Come on, DraftKings. I'm losing my house over here. <laughs> but uh, and also, I think they're, they're feral human beings, cannibals, but then somehow like to cover their dicks. <laughs> Yeah, there's no... Do they have dicks? Are they covered? Or I assume they have penises if there's so many of them. They're down there mating, but it's <laughs> at least like... like It's like when the Hulk or a werewolf like turns into the werewolf, but somehow all the clothes don't work except for the stretchy pants. <laughs> like, you never see Bruce Banner's dick. Yeah. Or... <laughs> <laughs> he just he's like oh my he just has one ball hanging out <laughs> now this is embarrassing this is so, uh, i'm sorry i'm sorry and also like when a werewolf changes like i think so one of the most uh distinct werewolf things for me is like the underworld werewolves because they're mm-hmm. very like upright and human they're 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 not just like lycanthropes or yeah lichens, i guess yeah um they not like the wolf man who just is a man with hair on him who gets to still wear his sweet ass green shirt. Bipedal. Uh, 
But yeah, you've got uh, a lot of those, and they they don't have penises outward. And you're like, well, where'd the where'd the dicks go? That's the whole reason I'm watching this movie to see some werewolf penis. Uh, if, if you're a horror director out there and you want us to review your movie, you put some werewolf dick in that, and I guarantee it goes to the top of our list. I'm howling for hog over here. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Halloween promotion for a barbecue place. Come on, it's it's Captain Spaulding. Are you howling for hog, folks? Oh, yo, bitch ass with your flopper tits. Come on, man. You don't like clowns. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm also we should if we're uh, the director. What I don't remember his name. Uh, Neil Marshall didn't he direct Dog Soldiers? Yes. Yeah, speaking of werewolves that are upright and don't have dicks, Neil Marshall directed mm-hmm. some in Dog Soldiers. One I've of never my, seen it. I've never seen it. You never seen it? We should watch it for the podcast. It's absolutely one of my favorite werewolf movies. People like to say the howling is super good. I thought the howling was kind of not very. I I, I didn't get the howling. I, I didn't mm-hmm. enjoy it. But Dog Soldiers is a great horror movie that we absolutely need to cover for this podcast. Um, he's a great director. Neil Marshall also did uh, two very popular episodes of Game of Thrones. He did the Battle of Blackwater episode, which is like the big uh, season two episode where they have like the big ship battle. He also did the Watchers on the Wall episode from season four, which is another huge epic battle. So he's very good at doing like these large scale epic battles, but also doing these very intimate horror movies that actually are genuinely scary. I'm seeing the the Reckoning and Doomsday. I've not seen those movies. uh... I have not either. Yeah, but uh, I'm on his uh, IMDb. I'm looking. Yeah, there's. Uh, did he? I think he executive produced the Descent Part Two. So yes, which I have not seen. <laughs> have you seen the second one? No, I have. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I like this one enough to check out the next one. I've heard the second one is surprisingly good for a direct to DVD sequel, mm-hmm. and that that it does kind of you get build that up. at uh, Circuit City. By the way, <laughs> you get that at the Circuit City. Uh, you get it there. Uh, you you can rent it at your local Family Video or Blockbuster. I love Family Video. I'm, mm, yeah. Now it, it's when a when a Family Video dies, it becomes a Dollar General. One of our family videos became uh, a porn store. Well, they just extended the back room out to the <laughs> they, rest of the store. They did. If you leave the back room unattended, it will spread to the entire store. <laughs> but, it's spreading. But it's funny. It's, I think it's still next to a Marco's Pizza, so you can get your so you can get your butt plugs and then be like, ah, well, before I plug it up, I let me get some of that uh, hot cheese. That is a that's a big like family videos weren't small locations and that's a lot that's a big store that just for porn that's a big pornoporium it it's a big I wonder if they still have like the Dropbox be like well I'm done with this yeah. <laughs> it, it is I it's so it'd be so weird for somebody to rent porn nowadays with the internet yeah unless they like the they like to feel the disc in their hand and. <laughs> I like to really peruse the aisle. Brother, uh, you've not watched uh, Backdoor Sluts 9 until you've seen it on DVD, standard definition. And there's a there's an Easter egg in the menu that you just got to really experience. Uh, one of my favorite things, I went to, one time I was dating this girl, and she's like, let's go to the adult store. Uh, and we have like a Cirilla's here, which is also a chain. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'll never forget it. They had, they had like the DVD room. And one of the big uh, categories of porn is like the parodies. 
And I'll never Parodies forget titties. I'll never forget this. Um, there was, <laughs> there was, uh, there they have like uh, Ninja Turtles triple X, Scrubs triple X. They had a Curb Your Enthusiasm triple X, <laughs> and I can think of nothing less sexy than watching somebody portraying Larry David having sex. Be like, like I just can't imagine it. I gotta say, this pussy's uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Uh, it's it's a pants tent. It's a pants tent because I got my huge cock in it. Just got my huge, got my huge dick. Just uh, what just, are you doing? I'm just saying it was it was a it was a half-ass blowjob. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I'm I appreciated it. it but... I'm not paying for it. If, I mean, it's half-ass. Like I'm not He's tipping. Just... I'm not. I'm not, not going to tip. I'm not going to tip. He's, that's the whole plot is he, he's like up at all the massage parlors because he won't tip the girl after getting t- I, that was fine but i'm not tipping i, I, I didn't get off okay i got i go half i got i didn't get off and i was like i had to do it myself i felt like i was taking it do i pay myself do i what huh? do i get a receipt what? i think we just wrote the next curb your enthusiasm <laughs> I want to apologize to anybody who requested this movie. <laughs> who like finally they're doing, it and they're like, "Are they just doing a bit about Curb Your Enthusiasm yeah. porn for twenty minutes?" And we wasted on like all these strong female leads. Who <laughs> I do, I do want to talk about. Like these women are like more alpha than like a lot of dudes in movies. Here's like Vin Diesel will be like the lead guy, but these women when they fight the the cave people. I'm like they aren't like aren't your typical female characters where they're like they're, these women ain't fainting, you know? Yeah, I I there there's a lot of joking that we're doing and we're, and we're back on all bullshit. But yeah. this is a very this is an incredible this is an incredible display of like female empowerment. And really, it's it's a very feminist movie. Uh, one of Stephanie's students actually did like her master's thesis on this movie. Like that's how much there is. There's depth into it. There's a whole lot of uh, symbolism and metaphor for the the descent, not only being um, a, a descent into an actual K, but also like Sarah's psyche and dealing with the grief and loss of losing her family. There's a lot there. You also have um, the idea of Juno. Uh, who had an affair, who was having an affair with Sarah's husband before he got pulled in the face by the car mm-hmm. accident. And just her living with that guilt, because there's a whole plot of... Uh, love sorry. each day is the little pendant thing that Yeah, he, that love each day. Has. And Juno's just kind of weird and like wasn't there for Sarah, so you think there's something going around. And then just the idea that this is all kind of Juno's fault everything is kind of her fault like her husband's distracted driving being mm-hmm. tried by by the affair killing the daughter and Ju- like we talk about the cave and the uh, and the crawlers being the villains Juno is the villain in this she she's really the human villain of this she leaves behind uh I don't remember which one uh gets oh she she stabs the girl in the neck she turns around thinking it's another cave person Mm-hmm. Stabs the girl in the neck and she says, "Don't leave me." And then she, what does she do? She's, she leaves her. She's like, "I'll be right. I'll, I'll be right back." Yeah, yeah. And then, then you know, she tells Sarah, uh, "Don't trust Juno." But I'm also like, it seemed like that she got stabbed in the neck. I don't know. Maybe I'd like hold my friend's hand till they died. 
Yeah. But I, I don't know that I can fault Gino when it's like, oh, yeah, there's these all of a sudden feral human beings running around. <laughs> yeah, I know why she left. I get it. But then she doesn't die. And then Sarah has to go and like hit her, hit her, hit her in the face with a rock. Yeah, uh, old uh, Piggy from uh, <laughs> from Lord of the Flies. From Lord of the Flies, <laughs> just oh, and it gets very brutal. You've got Holly who gets eaten by the crawlers in like a very brutal way, mm-hmm. and just guts everywhere. These these dudes be feasting. You've got they all die, and it's I can't remember how a lot of them die. Just based on oh, you've got Sam who has a cool death where she stabs one, but also gets like her throat ripped out while hanging from the line, and like the blood pours down. That's a great memorable death. Mm-hmm. And as you get towards the end, yeah, you've got the uh, person who is bleeding from the neck and says, "Don't trust Juno." She gives her the pennant that she steals, which is her husband's phrase, which was it it's was lo- Beth, by the way, Beth. Beth. Uh, was it love each day? Love each day, yeah. I don't listen. If any of you out there got a side piece right now, okay. First off, that ain't okay. But I'm mm-hmm. not gonna judge you. Uh, don't give your side piece a necklace with a phrase you always say that can be easily associated with you. That'd be like if me or Brent, where we're cheating on our spouses, and gave them a necklace necklace that said "Nut and Run." Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then all the, all our side pieces are at the casket, and they're like. <laughs> I can never forget when he gave me this nut and run locket. And then the other one's like, he also gave me a nut and run locket. <laughs> oh no. It's all, we meant nothing to him. That's that, that, that no good bastard. He just thought we were who was, <laughs> but you can't be giving your side piece. Like, you can't be giving them your catchphrase. Like, yeah, even come up like, with something that's just for them. Yeah. If, if you're going to cheat, be smart about it. <laughs> that is like, I had the conversation with producer wife. I'm like, I don't condone cheating, but goddamn, at least be good at it. <laughs> don't be leaving calling cards. Like you're like, they'll never suspect the Riddler was here. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, you just left question marks all over the place. Riddler. What do they think? <laughs> You gotta give her something new. Be like her necklace just says "see" in the funny papers. <laughs> See in the funny papers. <laughs> was that was so, his phrase. He was so romantic. <laughs> We'd make love, and he'd be like, "Oh, babe, that was the best." See in the funny papers. <laughs> as he as he snuck out to grab a cab. He's like a nineteen twenties gangster. <laughs> <laughs> See in the funny papers. Um. And then you you do have that sense though where they're crawling towards the light and they've got some good fights in this like you've got I was trying to be really um like official with like ooh what's a caving pickaxe called it's just a I think it's like an ice axe or whatever she calls it in the Yeah it's just like an ice axe I was like does it have a name I want to seem so I want to seem so official for the podcast like it's an axe it's just a, <laughs> it's just a pickaxe you could call it that climbing axe it looks like yeah, and that's a great weapon. As far as like horror movie weapons go, that's a good one because it's it's pointy. It's kind of like a scythe. It's got like the edges on it, so it's it's got some it's got some good uh, huspa as a weapon. And and so a couple times in the movie, you get through like the uh, the night camera uh, or like revealed with with lights and stuff, where they they'll just turn on the night vision, and it's just bones. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's that's not ominous at all. It's just bones. It's just tons of bones. There's a dog at one point. There's there's the dog from Candyman with that thick neck down there. 
Which is also the same dog from the intro to Goosebumps. <laughs> that dog is a lot of work. Good good for that dog. Uh, thick ass neck on that dog. <laughs> we need a, we, the casting director said well, we need a dog with a thick ass neck. I know yeah. just the one. <laughs> uh, but you've got that scene with like like the mother crawler. Mm-hmm. Which just a lot of eye gouging and just oh when they're when Juno and Sarah are fighting off the last crawlers it is brutal axes and like fingers going into eyes I just ugh they seem to be very um they are of formidable the cave, opponents they they are very squishy like mm. they are they don't have a lot on them they that they are very squishy and vulnerable and you can take a lot out and I feel like these are like. Like, you can't defeat Candyman, you know? Yeah. Unless you throw him in a, a, a pyre, a fire, you know? like <laughs> Burn a ghost. But, but it's like, with these, you feel like maybe if there's two, two, you and me, Gavin, and there's three of them, realistically, we could win that fight. Yeah. Which is so, somewhat realistic, I, you know, or at least more intriguing in a movie to be like, we could defeat them, but then you realize... There's a whole horde of them. There's that's a the swarm. Thing. Yeah, it's it's like zombies in a video game. You can beat two or three, but when there's a hundred, that's where the the problem is. Yeah, there. It's it, it's a as a as a wrestling fan, it's that damn numbers game. Mm-hmm. It's the it's numbers a game. Gauntlet match. Yeah, you're just gonna fight them all. Uh, but then you have one of the most badass moments where Juno and Sarah fight off all the crawlers, and then. Uh, Sarah shows the the love each day necklace, like, gotcha, bitch, and then wounds Juno in her leg, so she gets killed by the crawlers. She gets, she, like, it's like when you have a, a friend that's slower and you push them down so the bear gets them. Yeah. You know, which is what I would do to you. <laughs> I think we're both slow, so I think it would both be us trying to push each other. And then the bear would be like, God, these guys, I don't know which one's going to win. These amateurs. Look yeah. at them. And the bear's just waiting for us to get winded by trying to push each other. I, look, neither one of them can do a pull-up. He's at the gym with the little weight assistance thing. <laughs> I'm going to climb this tree, Brent, but I, I just need, need, some, need a boost. Can, can you give I'm me a, a boost? workout. <laughs> I'm I a think, picnic basket. <laughs> I think I'm a cocaine bear. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny, though, or, or not funny. I think it's a really badass ending. I think it's cool. She gets her revenge. She doesn't have to kill Juno herself, get her hands dirty. But she knows what's in store, and that's actually a fate far worse than if she just like pickaxed her in the head. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like you, now you can fight for yourself, but I'm definitely gonna get out. And she runs. She's out of the cave, but she passes out like at the edge. Yeah, of the cave. Mm-hmm. And so this is where things start to deviate a little bit. Because you, so Sarah makes it out of the cave. She crawls through the bones, like the just the mountain of bones, and comes out on the hill. She gets back to the campsite and gets in her car and drives away. Um, she almost has a car accident again. Mm-hmm. And then she throws up. And then you see the ghost of Juno in the car. And is that where yours ended? That's where it ended. And it's, I don't know if it's a ghost, because I, I had to look it up. Because I, I know it was Juno, but... They're saying it was like a hallucination. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so, and that's where yours ended, where she gets out of the cave, but you have the one last jump scare of Juno. Mm-hmm. And that is where the U.S. version and the British version differ. Mm-hmm. Because my version has that jump scare, and then Sarah wakes back up in the cave. And she realized it's all been a hallucination. She has not actually left the cave. It was all a dream. And then she sees her daughter sitting across from her with the birthday cake. You pan out, and then you see just she's looking at her torch. It, it's her torch, not the birthday cake. And Sarah's just so far gone and traumatized at this point that she sees her daughter, and you just hear the crawlers coming for her. And that's where mine ended. Mm-hmm. So I, got the, I read that, yeah. Yeah, so I got the much bleaker, unrated ending. That ending was considered too dark for American audiences because we like our things happy. And they wanted there, and they didn't want there to be any ambiguity that that she got out. Do you which which do you prefer? Because mm. I feel like that dark ending is real dark, and I like sometimes I like a movie where it's like no hope. But I feel I I am cheering for this character. I want them. I want her to get out, even though knowing full well that she's just gonna be fucked up afterwards. Yeah, I like the ending of her getting out. Mm-hmm. I like that ending better. I don't think you need to have a dark ending to a horror movie. A lot of actors and directors think that the only way to end their movie is to kill the main character. And that's what it very George famous. Romero. Yeah, very famously, uh, the movie Clerks by Kevin Smith. In the very in the first screenings of that, when it was on Sundance and making the rounds, uh, Dante gets shot by a shoplifter at the end of the day, and they said, "Wait, why? Why does he get shot?" He's like, "I don't know. It seemed like a good ending." He's like, "No, don't kill your main character because you don't know how to end your movie. Just end it here when he says the store's closed." Mm-hmm. And then that's how we got two more Clerks movies uh, because Kevin Smith redid that. So you don't you don't have to always kill your character to be like, look, at me, I'm not afraid to kill my. You've killed a lot of other ones. Let let this one survive. And I think mm-hmm. it really hurts the story more if if you don't have Sarah escape and have like that hope. So I prefer the theatrical ending as opposed to the unrated version. Yeah, and like I I'm not like I like the ending of Night of the Living Dead where. Ben, it just gets shot, and then it's like bleak. I don't yeah. mind that, but I want her to get out for some reason. You know, I get that, and I I, I agree with that. Be- and see, I think the ending of Night Night of Living Night of Living Dead looks um, makes more sense in the idea of the social commentary of race in that mm-hmm. movie where they see just a black man in a window and they shoot him immediately without mm-hmm. seeing if he's a zombie or not. Cause they, it's, it's, it's a very poignant social commentary. So that makes sense. Just making Sarah hallucinate in a cave and knock it out. Isn't doesn't serve the story as well. They could have done that ending like a false ending and then had her get out. Yeah. The, but I, I do like the idea of seeing her daughter and it turns out it's her torch and, She's hallucinating. I like that idea, but I don't like that for an ending, you know? Yeah, it's a very, it's a good ending. It's just not the one I prefer if given the choice. Mm -hmm. Now, the ending that ends up being the correct ending is the one where she gets out because she is in the sequel, which we have not watched, like we said. But they actually tried to, like, shoot some stuff for the sequel to make it line up to, uh, 
to correct the different endings, and they kind of did it. But I, but again, I, I just read about it. I, I have not seen it. Yeah. Um. Anything else on like the uh, the all female cast? It's a a rarity. But uh, you know, I'm just saying, can we get some dudes up in here? Some straight yeah. white dudes. I thought I was like, man, this is a pretty good movie. But some straight white dudes would total really... clam fest. <laughs> <laughs> Total clam jam, this movie, The Descent. <laughs> yeah, we need some more hog up in this. No, I think it's a great movie. I think it is de- definitely one that, um, if, if you need a movie that shows like female empowerment and overcoming the odds, this is a great movie for that. And it's incredibly wonderful that a male director was able to write female characters like actual people and not caricatures of what he thinks a woman is. Oh, my bosoms. Oh, my bosoms. I don't know how. Oh, no. How will we survive this cave when we're all on our periods? I I started my period. I did, too. We all synced up. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, we're getting so old. Our biological clocks all went off. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm having a baby. <laughs> oh, no. We should have never oh, gone in this cave. Well, with, I should have never gone in this cave while fully pregnant with child. <laughs> I can't fit through here. I have to go into labor. <laughs> Just have the baby. The cable raised the baby. Uh, uh, they're saying if uh, we give them the baby, they'll let us go. That's a bleak ending. <laughs> and, and then they have to go back and look for the feral child. I, I like the, the all-female. Just because it's different. You yeah. you do get a, a lot of sausage fest movies or mm-hmm. you get the half and half and then you get the final girl which <laughs> we got <laughs> the old half the old and half. half and half which they larry david wouldn't pay for the half and half <laughs> i'm not paying just, half half. Half. Just, <laughs> just give me a hole i don't want to pay the half and half <laughs> but i uh you that's the quintessential thing is you get the final girl in the movie of course you're going to get that with an all-female cast but i i think it's just a different take on on horror Yes, 100%. And that's why I like this film so much is because it's it's different and it is genuinely scary in ways that you don't normally feel scared. And it's not the monsters, it's the claustrophobia and the feelings of helplessness of being in a cave, like I said. So definitely one of my favorite movies that we've watched on this podcast and I'm glad that we got to. I'm glad that so many people were so outspoken that you got to cover the descent. You got to talk about the descent. And you hear about it, and you're like, I know it's good. We'll talk about it. But it's like, you guys fucking nailed it having us watch this because this was absolutely incredible. And it was nice to have enough time of uh, re- removed from it so I could enjoy it all over again. Um, before we wrap up, uh, I'm looking at my notes to see if there's anything really. Um. Yeah. Nothing. So, what? What? What was your oh shit moment? Uh, I think oh shit moment would probably be her falling in the hole and and her uh, leg coming out. I had the exact same thing because yeah. just again, that's real horror. That could happen. We all have a leg mm-hmm. for the most part. Most of us do. <laughs> and we all could have the bone come out. Yes. <laughs> Your uh, bone might be out right now, listener, and just bite on this, and we'll pop it back in for you. My bone was out. I, <laughs> she wouldn't touch it. She wouldn't touch it. I was like, uh, you want me to tip? I mean, I, I, I brought it out. I'm like, what do you, 
What do you want me Larry, to do? Larry, you have to tip. You have to tip these ladies. I'm, 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 I'm not going to tip. I'm not going to tip. She wanted me to dirty talk, and I was like, what's, what's that? She, what's, uh, what, what, what's dirty talk? She had man hands. <laughs> uh, what about best kill? Uh, best kill for me is uh, the character of, of Sam getting her throat ripped out and bleeding down the while hanging from the rope. We're two for two, baby. I had yeah, that too, yeah, Sam. There we go. We in sync. I think our cycles have synced up. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> I'm, I feel the same way too. <laughs> Are you uh, a pad or a... No. <laughs> <laughs> Let me borrow a tampon with wings. <laughs> um, and then uh, if you like The Descent, what other movies should people check out? Um, definitely Dog Soldiers. That's a Neil Marshall film. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. If you like, um, if you like kind of creepy underground stuff, the movie Chud is a classic '80s cheese fest uh, from 1984. It's got John Hurd and Daniel Stern in it. It's called uh, Canna. It's Chud stands for Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dwellers. It's about mm-hmm. monsters in the sewer. So if you like that monster feel, definitely check out Chud. And then also, I think it's, I, I have not seen this, but I've heard different things about it. Uh, there is As Above, So Below, which mm-hmm. is a Paris movie. That, uh, I've seen that, and it's it's an underground movie. They go into like the catacombs under uh, Paris, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And it's very claustrophobic. They're, you know, it's a pretty dark movie as far as the lighting. Uh, I would say that one, and the other one I came up with uh, was the movie The Ritual, which is on Netflix. Okay, very nice, very nice. So, The Descent, great movie. If you have not watched it after listening to this podcast, definitely we ruined everything for you, uh, but it's still dead, definitely worth checking out. Uh, turn them subtitles on, watch it on the highest definition possible, so, so, you, so you can really see, see those blacks pop, the real mm-hmm. richness of the dark. Um, but yeah, Descent, great movie. One of my favorites that we've watched on this podcast. What are we watching next week, Gavin? I think we're uh, just in time for summer. We're mm-hmm. going back to school. We're watching, I believe, ni- is it 1999? Or... Uh, I'll look it up. Yeah, I believe it's either 1998 or I, I believe it's 1999. 1998. Ni- 1998's The Faculty. Uh, this is one I recently watched, and I am so glad we were going to talk about it because it is in that it's it's like kind of like in that post scream sweet spot, and I uh, yeah it's it's gonna be a fun one to talk about. So uh, I believe it's on uh, Max, not HBO Max, mm-hmm. Max. Yeah, and it's on can... uh, Max. It's on Amazon Prime Video with a premium subscription. So if you have the password of my Voodoo account. Then... <laughs> Then maybe that'll maybe that'll be a Patreon bonus if we when we start a Patreon, be like at the at the thank thanks for bringing him up here. You get yeah. Brent's voodoo password. Oh, uh, I don't need you watching what I watch. I might be embarrassed. <laughs> it's just the curve your enthusiasm porn. Uh, you know, I'm not tipping. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not tipping. I don't believe in it. Uh, but uh, we, let's wrap this up. We got to head to Circuit City, so. <laughs> As always, they're coming to get you. Barbara. They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. They're coming to get you, 